Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Change isn't easy for anyone, including C-suite executives. We all manage change in different ways, but as leaders, how can we help our teams navigate transition as seamlessly as possible and keep everyone accountable? Beth Weisenberger is the co-founder and president of Handle Group Corporate and Sports, and she has coached many senior executives in topics like leadership development, organizational integrity, and other corporate issues like building honest cultures. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How can we be more honest and authentic about the challenges we face? I'm telling you, you're absolutely going to love this podcast, this issue. She is on fire. Beth, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thank you, Jeffrey, for having me. My first question is, what's the handle method? And then how can it help me with my business? Sure. So first of all, hi, everybody. Beth Weisenberger. My sister and I are the co-founders and our maiden name is Handel. So that's where the name came from. And, um, and my sister invented this method. And we, the end of the story is we triple people's businesses. That is what we do. So how do you go about doing that? What we do is, is we raise the bar of integrity in your organization. What's the asset? Your people. Especially during this time, right? People are messed up, right? They got kids at home. There's homeschooling. Now there's summer. Like everyone um, is messed up. So now why? Because people in fear, overwhelm, uncertainty, and stress, their worst traits come out. If you take a look at your own self, Probably yesterday, you could find where you weren't proud of who you were, because under these circumstances, human beings, their worst traits, what sucks about you comes out. And so what we do in an organization is we start to have people deal with their own humanity, their dark side. We have what's great about us and we have what sucks about us. And in this time, everything that sucks just gets magnified. And so as a leader for your people, you have to know that everyone is in different places and the best way that you can support them is to be in communication with them. Let them have the ride that they're on. And then you wanna then give them tools to handle that ride. So for instance, I know it's crazy, but you're all rainmakers. Are you still dreaming? Most people stop dreaming during this time because you're just trying to figure out when you're going to get your exercise in, when are you going to take care of this kid, when are you going to do this, but are you still wildly dreaming? The answer is probably no, because all we want to do is get through this, right, versus, okay, wait a minute, you're still rainmakers, your people still need to produce results, and is anyone dreaming? Is anyone designing their day? The answer is usually no. So one of the first things that we teach is, number one, sit down and start dreaming. Dream, no kidding, of what you want to have happen in your business, in your job. Start with that. So I'll leave it at that, Jeffrey. You can ask yep. that. Well, I think when you when talk about fear, uncertainty, and stress, I think that's the life of an entrepreneur on any C-suite executive almost any other day. It's just been intensified. Right. Massively intensified. And then you have to know that about yourself. Most people are embarrassed 
about their bad traits versus dealing with, oh, there's the ceiling, there's the floor. I got a right arm and I suck at this. I, you know, can yeah. be condescending. I can be mean. You, I can be a procrastinator. And are you really owning your dark side and then evolving it? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I need to own my dark side. I can tell you that there are many times throughout the day that, as you just said, I'm not proud of myself right? Because I'll snap at someone. I get, I'm very stressed right now. Without question, I'm stressed because though all the changes that we've had to do, um, you know, the financial burdens that are in front of us, because it's not easy. It's, it's really tough. And I can only imagine other people who don't have the resources that we did or the way in which we've got great members and everything else. So I can imagine that. I, I should probably just do a shout out to my team right now. I'm sorry. And, you know, right. I think we have to do a little bit of that, don't we, Beth? Well, it's not just apologize because every day if you're stressed and you, you know, get edgy, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no, we have our method. I'm going to give you and I'll explain it is you've got to have a promise. You got to have a consequence and you need someone to hold you to account. So you don't get to bite somebody's head off. If you do, then you come up with something that would so annoy the crap out of you that you have to pay that will oh. intervene into you being that way. What about a safe word? Should you have a safe word for everybody? <laughs> oh, one of the things my sister used to do with me is one of my bad traits, I used to be really defensive. And so my sister would go, Beth, I'm about to push the red button on you being defensive. And my promise was that if I said another word other than stop with my defensive, she then got to pick the color of nail polish and I wear hardly any, on my nails that I would have to wear for a week if I continued. So, it, and I never, every time she pushed the red button, I stopped. So you can get a warning, but you yeah. got to then stop or pay the consequence. Because if you don't intervene into bad behavior, apologies are worthless. So yeah. how to triple people's businesses is we raise the bar of integrity in an organization. What's integrity? Each person, Jeffrey, just like you said, is you're going to raise the bar on what doesn't work about you and have promises inside of that. And own it and own it. I think that's the other piece. You've got to own it. You've got to be able to say, yeah, I I accept that. Yeah, exactly. I I just did that. And here's my promise. You know, last night, my love of my life just put in a promise that if he does that with me again, he loses his water skiing for the weekend. And that's annoying. And I now know he will not do that to me ever again because he's not losing his water skiing. But I will make him lose it. One of my team members just wrote in the chat that she needs to put $20 in the jar. I think she should make it 40 and not No, it's 20 out to the street. So Uh. it's got to be annoying. You take a $20 bill and you throw it out your car window. It's not to a charity. It's not to a fault. It's got to annoy you. Annoy you. My okay, in that, in that yes. case, for her, it's going to be eating vegetables. All right, let me let me ask you. Got to be something like that. So <laughs> we like to give her a hard time. Let me ask you. We've massive shift. We've all experienced it. We're all at. I mean, we're at breaking points. There's no doubt about it. We see this today, and I think that's that's it's too bad. But what tools do we need to have in our arsenal to manage the stress, this uncertainty, and fear? What are those uh, those special tools? Okay. Uh, I love that one, but what are, there's yeah, got to be some another one. Yeah, no, no, there's yeah. I got plenty. Um, another one. So first of all, one of the things that if you take a look, everyone who's listening, how many of you have gained weight? How many of you have stopped exercising? 
Mm. So the moment you stop doing the basics of your integrity that make you well, you're going to be in trouble. So for everyone who has now gained weight, you stopped exercising the BSL. I can't in my home bullshit. Yeah, right. right. So, you can say that. You can say that on my show. I okay, love that. Bullshit. So now watch yeah. people. That would be called the brat is running your life, the defiant one. And so what you've got to do is you've got to have a promise with regards to your exercise and a consequence for every time you don't do it. You've got to make sure you're eating the right stuff. Stop snacking on that shit. Like so everyone whose integrity is currently out with regards to your body, your eating and your exercise, that is the first one to get back in now. It'll make you feel better. For those of you who have stopped meditating, for those of you who've stopped doing your yoga, you've got to put in your basics. That's called personal integrity, which is living true to your values. Let me tell you something. All you need is two promises and two consequences and someone to hold you to account to shift your entire life. You got to pick the two right ones. The next thing you can do that's another tool that's called what we call and we train it in inner you is design your day. That is not a to-do list. Every single morning before the day hits, you sit down and you design your day to a buddy. And then at the end of the day, you account for it. So it could look like this. Had the best Zoom call with my people. Um, This one said yes to the contract. Had a great workout. Loved all my colleagues today. Um, Had a great FaceTime date. Um, Scheduled three other FaceTime dates. So you write up, not a to-do list, who you're going to be, your design day. And then at the end of the day with your buddy, you account for it. Yes, I did that. No, I hated three colleagues today. Yes, I did a great Zoom call. No, I did not set up any dates. I hate all men. Like whatever it is, right? That's not true. Right. Right. So design your day, not a to-do list. Design your day from the principle that we teach called authoring, versus being a victim of whatever the world gives you. Yeah. So I, I absolutely love that. I design my day every day and look at my calendar based on what I want to get accomplished. I might change that entire piece of it, but I do need a little bit more of an accountability coach, which I'm going to work on that, especially because one of the things I'm working on, and I'll give you mine, is, is, is eliminate, delegate, and automate. And I'm really working very hard. Okay. Eliminate, delegate, and automate. It's okay, a wait, great- wait, wait. Let me ask you a question now. So with sure. regards to delegating, you would have to have a promise that you would delegate to, I'm going to make this up, two people a day. And if you don't, you, have, you lose your scotch at the end of the night. Oh, you can guarantee I will get to the two. Because there's see? no way I'm losing that scotch at the end of the night. Yeah, you exactly. see, that's yeah. how consequences work. Because you know Love what? That. The worst thing. The thing that we do is we'll keep promises to everybody else except ourselves. Totally. That's a a tough thing. And let me ask you about that because, and by the way, I think I might start delegating to 20. That means I get more scotch, but nonetheless, let me ask you this question. What's the most common challenge? Because you talk to so many senior executives. What's the most most common challenge that executives face today? You know, it's... Yes, I talk to many, 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 many. It's really um, what they're dealing with currently since we've been in this for a few months is what's the future. 
So yeah. in other words, should I keep the building? Should I have people work from home? Should I not do this? So everyone's confronting more the future. So now here's what I do with people. Where you have to start with everything, believe it or not, is from a dream. So we break your life up into 12 areas. And the first assignment is you've got to dream. What do you want in each area of your life? People have stopped dreaming, which is what I started the call with. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so 2021, because we're about to start designing 2021 and budgets and all that. It's okay. Based on what we've got and what we know today, what's your dream for 2021? Start with a big ass dream. Start with the dream, not small, because then that doesn't make you happy. You need to author a big dream and then work back from that. So that's number one. Number two. And by, and by the way, you, don't you have to understand, Beth, that, that that dream may change, meaning the way you thought you were going to get to it, you just have to get to it a different way. Like, well, I, you know, know like I'm going to go a sec. I'm going to have a second wave. I'm going to have to start the office back to work, but maybe I'm going to have to change it again. But you still want to dream based right. on the reality of what we have. What is your dream? And then, from the, of course, your dream could change. Of course, in the middle, like March, everybody's dream changed, right? <laughs> so everyone's vacation dream. Oh, yeah, I dreamed of having my children home 24-7. Yay! I know you love your children, but no one dreamed of that. So now, based in that, you had to pivot quickly and reinvent. All right, we got the kids home. What's the dream now? No one goes there. You're just reactionary versus being proactive and being the author of your life. We're still the author. These are the circumstances. Yeah. So you mentioned somebody just said, referenced the 12 areas that you reference. What are those? So yourself. So you start, and we do this in your company. So we do this because if you raise the bar of people being happy, proud, and effective on your teams, Watch what happens with your productivity. So you've got your relationship to yourself. You've got your body. <laughs> you've got your love life, love. You've got your spirituality, not religion, spirituality. You've got your career, your money, your time, your home. Uh, what else? Your family, your friends, fun and adventure. And don't tell me all the pandemic. I can't have any fun and adventure. I'm going to go bullshit. Um, and your community and contribution. So those are the 12 areas. And in any one of our programs in Inner You, you get to, you have to, you get confronted to design your dream for each area. When was the last time you sat down and dreamed in all those areas? I, and I think, uh, by the way, if you did that across 12, wow, some big, that would be some big ass dreams. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. So during this time, we also have to facilitate some really difficult conversations not just executives. I mean, we got to have them with our family. We got to have them with our kids, but with your teams, especially and your personal life, how, what's the best way to facilitate those? Yeah, we teach how to have a hard conversation and they're really hard because you haven't had it. You don't want to, you're scared. You don't want to hurt the person's feelings. Oh my God, except you're now grumbling about them. Right. And the more you grumble, even though you're not telling them, it still comes out passive aggressive. It's yeah, right. edgy, all yeah. that shit. So the most important thing, there's so many important things um, in a hard conversation. Tammy, why don't you drop um, where they can get hard conversations so everyone could get the um, the. Principle. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, let's put that in the chat room. Yeah, yeah Tammy, drop hard conversations. So the, the most important thing where people make a mess 
is you've got to frame the conversation. You can't just go in and go, Jeffrey, you're pissing me off, right? Then Jeffrey's going to defend himself. You can't go in like that. And you, you can't, and everyone goes in with the punch first and then the person defends and it's all over. The most right. important thing inside of you having a hard conversation is making sure the person can hear you and listen to you. So it might be that I would go, okay, Jeffrey, listen, I'm a little nervous to have this conversation. I'm committed to our partnership and my effectiveness in working for you. I'm committed to fulfilling on what you want me to fulfill on. I love working here, but I have a couple of things that I noticed I've been grumbling about with regards to um, an interaction you and I had. And so I would appreciate you hearing me and my experience, um, and then we'll get it resolved. So well, there's two. There, yeah, I, I love that. And there's two pieces of that. One, I would ask that whoever's doing that sometimes even ask permission. Is it OK to have a conversation right now? Yes. Number one. Right. Exactly. Because a lot of times I, this just happened to me an hour ago. Somebody came to me and they just start verbally. I, I'm going to use the word vomiting like the problem, like this is they got to have the conversation and I'm not ready to receive the conversation. So no. I'm, I'm I'm like taking it back, just like you just said. Yeah. Yes. And. And then, so then I'm throwing it back and which is a bad response of mine until I finally just centered myself and took a deep breath and said, can we have this conversation at another time? Exactly. So yeah. two things, you got to schedule it. It can't be a water cooler past the zoom, wherever you are, phone call. No. And yes, permission. When I, um, first went to work in a different company way beforehand, Dell group, um, my, my boss who was new to me, who I didn't know just met, um, um, on our lunch back, I said, listen, do I have permission if any time I get offended, take something personally, get hurt? Do I have permission in a respectful, behind closed doors way, come to you and let you know something didn't work for me in our interaction? He said, absolutely. I said, how should I do that? He said, remind me, I gave you permission for this. Right? <laughs> so, good, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes we'll forget that, which I think is important. Let's yeah. talk about culture because, yeah. you know, you know, culture will eat everything for lunch. And so yes. how can personal integrity and accountability be incorporated into the corporate culture? How do we bring that forward so that everybody else gets it, not just you? Yeah. So that's inside of our um, workshop called building an honest culture, because we have found that if you actually build an honest culture, then people stay. People yeah. want to be there. People because they get yeah. to be themselves. They don't have to. They're allowed to talk. So the most important thing in building an honest culture is you got to take gossip out. Gossip is criminal. And you yeah. have to take gossip out. And everyone is gossiping, including the bosses. Yeah. That's where yeah. they learn it from. So you got to take gossip out. You got to get everyone dealing with what sucks about them. So we have people go interview everybody on their teams, direct reports, higher ups on, listen, I'm committed to being effective leader. I want to know what sucks about me as a leader and how that makes you feel when I do that. So you want to actually, and that's inside of, you should be asking your partners, your wives, your husbands, your children. We send people to go ask their children what sucks about them as a parent. Get off your friggin' pedestal and come down here with the people and actually let them tell you things that suck. And they're scared to. They will think it's a trick. They will think, oh, it's the pandemic trick. And now this is the way to furlough me or fire me. Right. But you got to make it safe for people to let right. you as the CEOs and bosses know what sucks about you. 
and okay. how it makes so, them feel. I love this. So, so there's two things that kind of get in the way of people driving a successful, you know, innovation and and transformation that I see. One is people talk about the voices in their heads, right? Yeah. The little negatives. And it's also what I call the captains of no, you know, that are in the organization that want to have everything lined up before we do it, that want to, that, you know, well, we tried that. What's, you know, that's not in our budget. So let's talk about those two. So how do you overcome the voices in your head? And then let's talk about those captains of no. That's the most important thing because who's running your, everybody's life here are the voices in your head. So the question becomes, what's the source of results? And most people think the source of results is your actions. Just change up the actions, you'll have a different result. No, the source of results and the source of actions is your inner dialogue, your thoughts in your head. And they did a study years ago, Dr. David Hawkins, call, um, that found that 80% of your inner dialogue is negative and 95% of the 80% is the same shit you said yesterday. And we named the three voices. So you've got three voices that are called your board members who are running your life. You want to identify them. One is the chicken voice. That's the avoider. Where were you a chicken yesterday? Where did you avoid? And your chicken voice will say, oh, I should probably call talk to Jeffrey. Oh, no, it's Wednesday. He's in a stressful mood. Let me wait till Monday. And you'll think that's the greatest fucking business strategy ever. And I'll call you a chicken. Then you've got the brat voice. The brat is like my 18-year-old daughter, the defiant one. You can't make me. I don't want to. You're not the boss of me. Leave me alone. I'm not going to. So that's the one that's gained 15 pounds. That's the one who doesn't exercise anymore. That's the brat. The brat gets you up in the morning and you're supposed to go run. And the brat goes, don't run. You're too stressed. It's a long day. And you go, thank you, God. No, that was the brat. The third one is the weather reporter. Subtlest of the three, just as deadly. So I'm sitting in Harlem, New York. It is sunny and I'm going to assume it's 90 degrees. There's nothing I can do about that. So when you're weather reporting in your life, you swear things are 90 degrees. You're like, Beth, I don't have time. I don't have time to exercise. And you think I don't have time is as real as it's sunny and 90 degrees. So your chicken, brat and weather reporter are running the majority of your life. And you've got to identify them. And then what you put in to manipulate them to not run it is a promise and a consequence and someone to hold you to account. One of my favorite stories is I coach NFL players and Justin Pugh, we're allowed to use his name, who's now an Arizona Cardinal, was a giant when I got him. He was a rookie. He was a mess. He was going to get cut. And I went to town with him. And then we got him a $43 million contract with the Cardinals. And he texted me mid-January and said, Beth, I thought of you today. The st- I had to speak at the state Senate at Arizona, sent me the clip. And he said, but my chicken didn't want me to do it. But I told him to fuck off. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to get us a red mark on our podcast, but I don't care. It's, 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 it's the truth. Let me ask you then, look, we got two minutes before, and then we want to go right to questions. So less than two minutes. How about those, cha- those champions of no, those captains of no in the organization? What's, a, what's one thing I can do to just stop them in their tracks? Anytime you have someone who works for you, who you keep bumping into their bad trait, What you can do so you don't have to live with it is you ask them for a promise and a consequence. So their promise would be from now on with you, they get to start with being open 
or they owe you a $300 bottle of wine or whatever the thing is, right? So it's, you've got to get them. They don't know that they keep being a no. And so you've got to get them to intervene because that's something that sucks about them. And you should let them know how it makes you feel. The biggest difference is not what sucks about you, but how it makes people feel. You have no clue how it makes people feel that you keep being a no. And what will have you want to change it is not that you are a no sayer, is how you hear how it makes people feel. That will get you every time. That'll smack your heart. C-Suite Radio. Why don't we go out to the audience and ask them for some key questions and see what things are on their minds besides the ones that I ask, and we get right to our membership. So let's do that. Okay. Uh, we have one, Rick Botelho. Um he wants to know if you've ever dreamed of being a stand-up comedian, but he also wants to know about the chicken, the brat, and the weather reporter, and which of the three is not linked to fear or is fear a standalone headboard? Beautiful. Yeah, the chicken is the one that's fear-based. So the chicken is all about avoiding your fear, whether it's to have a hard conversation, avoiding having, you know, letting that person know the real answer, letting someone go furloughing somebody, right? So it's the chicken is the one that's fear-based. The brat is the defiant one. And the weather reporter is the excuse maker. I love it. And and in terms of the uh, comedian, Beth, Rick Batello, he was saying that seriously. You know, I, I think um, I had a question a little bit earlier privately about using humor and h- how do you use humor to really help people understand where they are, where they're falling short, and how they can be moving forward. You know, it's it's my personality, right? I like it, make it, I make it fun to own what sucks about you, right? Like, I just make it fun, right? You gotta, right? Because the dark side is the dark side. No, listen, you know, part of my dark side is I was divorced twice and my third relationship cheated on me. Now, I'm with the love of my life, I'm good, but it took me till I was freaking 59 years old. I suck at relationships. Do you think I really wished I was that human? I wished I was my two sisters who've been married for over 25 years to the loves of their lives. I suck, right? So what am I going to do? That's what's something that I had to deal with, right? And so it's always like the dark is the dark, right? And if you, you got to be able to have fun with it. So while I'm punching you in your coaching or with your team of people, I'm making you laugh as you cry, right? Like you got it. <laughs> All right. Here's a question from Anneli Dreesen. How do you break through people's resistance to change? You know, it's a tough one, Anneli. Um, If they don't want to change, they're not going to. And it's more you have to get, they're not going to. Right? Like there's, it's, I won't coach people who are not going to like do the work, right? Like if you're like, I'm not changing, I'm not, I'm like, I'm going to fire you. You can fire me, I'm going to fire you. You got to be open to change. And there really are certain people who aren't, they're scared. Um, And so you have to have a hard conversation with them, let them know how it makes you feel that they won't, and then deal with the circumstances of what they're going to end up doing. But some people won't. And what happens if you actually successfully change? So, for example, you know, I had the the best of intentions to go out running every day while I was, you know, here in quarantine, wherever I am right now. But, you know, I hurt my calf a few weeks in, and frankly, I haven't gone back out. So, if you if you come up against an obstacle, you know how do you not relapse into old bad habits? You are of course, keep it going. 
you're definitely going to relapse, right? Like you're definitely, you have to have the right consequence, right? Now, obviously, if you hurt yourself and the doctor says, oh, no more running, likely you could be power walking, I would imagine. So the brat, Greg, is running that area and you need the right consequence so that, and anytime the rule of thumb that we give when we coach is if you break the promise twice and pay the consequence twice, the consequence isn't the right one. You got to up the consequence. I promise you, if you find the right consequence, you ain't going to be messing with your promises that are about your integrity. It's about your dream. Incredibly powerful. I just love it. Um, and the energy that you're bringing to it, Beth, is amazing. Now, Bonnie Manhattan is one of our uh, C-Suite Network members, and she has a great question too. But this kind of ties into what you were just talking about. Steve Lashansky, who's one of our council leaders and thought council member in C-Suite Network, he says, how does dealing with the dark side open up access to the light side attributes? And how important is that? And how do you leverage that? It's awesome question. Who was that? Steve Lashansky. Hi, Steve. Awesome question. Actually, the only way you can hear your dark side is your light side. So your higher self. So if I gave you the assignment tonight, which is I give all our clients is I want you to log, put in your phone or whatever you use. At the end of the night, you're going to ask this question. Where was I a chicken today? Where was I a brat today? Where did I weather report today? So where, not was I a chicken? Because you'll fucking lie, sorry, you'll lie to yourself. So where was I a chicken today? Now, the moment you can see it, who just saw your chicken was your higher self. That is the only way that you can see your lower self, your darker side, right? So you went, oh my God, I'm just a chicken. Then you put a promise and a consequence in, and now you're living out of your higher self. But do we always have a dark side? Is she always or he always going to talk? Oh, my God. I was ADD when I was a kid, had to take Ritalin, took fifth grade again. You don't think my voice from time to time goes, oh, Beth, you're such an idiot. You're so stupid. Right? She comes up. And what I do, I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you just say that to me? Right? So you have to, that's my higher self catching my dark side. And that's the game. And that's really the game every day. All right. This is one from Sharon Almani. Please provide an example of a dream conversation or goal, a big dream professionally or personally. And I can give you any one of my dreams, right? So what we do, so when you, when you work with us, um, and for those of you, we're going to give away this inner you career with $150 off. I'll give you that at the end. And you go in there. The first module is dreaming where you have to confront the muscle of dreaming. And here's why, you're, here's why it's so tough. When was the last time you dreamed, right? So we don't dream for ourselves. We haven't worked that muscle. Your children, oh, go ask your children their dream, your younger children, ah! right? I ask you to dream and you're gonna go, well, I don't want this and I don't want that and I don't want this and I like to be less stressed, right? You, that, there's no negatives in dreams. So the whole module, the first 40 minutes with my sister teaching you about dreaming, you know how to dream. Everything you got in your life that you love, it came from a dream. You just haven't dreamed in a while. And because, you know, one dream broke your heart, you didn't get it, you got resigned, you got skeptical. So now our muscle of dreaming is really weak. 
So it really is confronting to sit and actually have to dream for your career, for your money, for your family, for your love life. Like if you're single, are you dreaming? Where is he or she? Dream. So you invent it and the language is no negative. So that's all I'm going to give you in that because it's better if you confront your own dreaming. Love it. Okay, so Beth, Bonnie Manhattan, as I mentioned, has a great question here. And I'm going to tie it into Kathleen Caldwell. Uh, she leads our Women's Leadership Council and C-Suite Network. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and their, their questions fit together really nicely. Uh, Bonnie says, you know, what you focus on, you tend to expand on. So when you're dealing with what sucks about yourself, sort of how do you how do you handle that? And how do you how do you get to the improvement part? And then Kathleen asked, you know, how does this differ when you're working with men and women? Um, okay, so let me so let me give you one of our principles and then I'll answer the question. So one of our principles is whatever you believe you prove. Let that sink in. Some of you should jot that down, type it in. Whatever you believe, you prove. So if you believe someone on your team is a jerk, you should fire them now. Why? Because they ain't going to make it with you because you already believe they're a jerk and you're just going to gather evidence for it. So if you believe working on your dark side is hell and it's not going to be a factor that's going to keep you all like that, it's just not true. See, I believe that if you work on your dark side and you find out what sucks about you, don't you want to know what sucks about you from your husband or your spouse or your partner? Don't you want to be the greatest? I do, right? Don't I want to know for my 18-year-old if I did something that didn't work for her? I want to know. I want to know what sucks. I want that note because I truly want to be a great human being. One of our taglines at Handel is learn to human better. To human, we think is a verb. How are you doing with humaning? So, and then men, women, ah, nah, right? Like, yes, I live women, yay, men, yeah. It's all the same shit. We all got the brat chicken and weather reporter. We all got the victim. We all got all the same stuff. It's just in a woman form, a man form. And I don't take that lightly. I could go into a whole thing on it, but I, that's the simple answer of it. Amen. So, hey, thank you, Beth. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.